Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. We're talking games from last week, games to come, predictions, news, goings on in the football world. It's all here. We've got it all. Everyone's here. It's all the football you could ask for and more. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews where you can drop them and share the podcast around. It means a lot to us if you can do that. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, the unmistakable tone of the good lady. I've told you all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. We're back once again for another trip to the footballing world, the footballing wilderness no more. Myself and my three colleagues are here to bring you some football chatter. Um, I will, of course, be bringing the Middlesbrough flavour. Mr. Woodman C, we'll be bringing the whole flavour. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you very much. Very good, very good. Mr. Moore, we'll be bringing the Nottingham Forest flavour. How are you, sir? Ah. Uh, well, well, well at the moment. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to that later on. And uh, just sort of sweeping up everything else, just from around the whole football world. Mr. Cook, how are you, sir? Oh, just absolutely divine. That's what you want to hear every week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, let's not waste any time, shall we? Let's dive straight in to week 26 predictions and we'll go through the results from those games. And those games started on Saturday in our fair capital with Fulham taking on Nottingham Forest. How did it go, Mr Moore? Went about as expected, I think, was the is the term kind of thing. Um, I mean, it not helped by... On, in the, so, kind of... I mean, you might as well just get straight into it, kind of... So, seven minutes in, five, six, seven minutes in, apparently one of their players plays a pass, and both of our defenders managed to pull a hamstring... Uh, one out for apparently one out for three months, one out for six to eight weeks. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a cracking start to a game which you're already kind of thinking going to be tough. Um, so yeah, um, Willie Bolly and Scott McKenna both subbed off at the same time for Joe Worrell and Felipe uh, to make his debut. Um, I think he didn't really get much better from there, to be honest. Um, William scored not long after that. Um, and then, kind of, I think Fulham kind of played around with Forrest a little bit. I think Forrest made a bit of headway in the second half, perhaps created some chances. Um, and then, just as they were about getting themselves into the game, Solomon got the second and kind of finished the game off, really. Uh, yeah, so, disappointing trip to the um, capital. Costly trip to the capital, being as we are now down to 
two recognised central defenders um, in that are fit uh, in the uh, in the squad. Being as near Kete is, we don't know quite how far away from being fit. Um, and Steve Cook was left out of the twenty-five man squad. So um, yeah. So unless we have some star defender in the youth ranks that can be bought up, we are uh, screwed. Uh, oh yeah, we've got Man City next. So yeah, join. Not ideal. Uh, a threadbare squad uh, is never a good thing. Um, and I think like. Straight, like it was one of the. Uh, I'm pretty sure we discussed it on the podcast before that the, the the position that Forrest couldn't afford to have any injuries in was centre half, and to have two go down in the same, not even in the same game, in the same attack, is off the same pass. They both were chasing the same pass and pulled I mean, their hamstring. I mean, that is like, that is just that is beyond unfortunate. So, when, when when people say, "Oh, why have Forest signed nearly thirty players this season?" This is the eventuality that we were hoping to avoid and haven't. But you know, we kind of yeah. So I don't know whether Serge Aurier can play in, at centre half. Apparently, Lodi can do it. Um, someone had said maybe Ryan Yates once he's better can play at centre-half, but it's not, no, considering the run of games that we've got coming up, and the position that we're in, you kind of want recognised defenders there, because, let's face it, three months and two months effectively puts us at the end of April, um, at that point, it might all be over and done with if, if we don't have recognised defenders for a good chunk of our games, so... Yeah, costly. A costly trip to the capital, as it always seems to be when you go to the co- to the capital. It costs you a lot more than what you thought it would go. <laughs> Very, nah, that is that is some lovely, uh, well, wordplay, banter, lovely. I mean, yeah, it takes, I know you're not wearing one, but doff doff your cap there, sir. Well, well played, well played. So, from a predictions perspective. Um, Andy was the most optimistic. You'll be shocked to hear. Going for a 1 0 Nottingham Forest win with Johnson to score the goal. Sadly, no points there for Mr. Cook. Stu had gone for a 1 1 draw. Mitrovic and Wood to score. Me and Matt were both on the same wavelength, though. Went for a 2 1 Fulham win. Uh, Matt had Mitrovic and Deckard over Reed to score for Fulham. Gibbs White to score for Forest. I had Mitrovic to score one of the goals for Fulham. Wood to score the first goal, but I did have Willian to score Fulham. So I get have an extra point there. So two points for me, one point for Mr. Moore. Zero points so far in the week for Stu and Mr. Cook. The second game of the week took us... So even though it's, it's the English Premier League and the English Football League, we're in Wales, ladies and gentlemen, for Cardiff City versus Middlesbrough. Now, obviously, Borough not particularly happy with the fact they had to uh, travel to a different country, 
get the passports out, lads. It's going to be a long drive. And uh, because they were so angry about this, they uh, decided to uh, teach Cardiff a lesson and take the lead from Stu's favourite player, Marcus Force. However, didn't go their all. Didn't go all their own way as um, Cardiff equalised uh, and apologised in all the same uh, in all the same breath as sorry Cabot scored the equaliser for Cardiff. So um, nice that he was at least man enough to apologise for causing such uh, aggravation for the uh, long long suffering travelling Middlesbrough supporters. Didn't take that line down though. Uh, Cameron Archer with his first for the club got the uh, got Middlesbrough back into the lead just before half time, and the game was sewn up in the second half with a Riley McGree goal just to finish off the uh, the scoring for Middlesbrough. Good performance by all accounts. Um, performance where they were uh, obviously not under too much pressure. Um, some lovely goals, just an all-round decent team performance. From a pers- uh, from a predictions perspective, I was the least optimistic on this one, going for a one-one draw. Ojo to score for Cardiff, Akpom to score for the Borough, bagging myself zero points. Stu and Andy had both gone for two-nil Middlesbrough wins. Stu with Archer and Akpom to score. So he gets himself an extra bonus point there. Andy with Akpom and Fours to score. So he gets himself a bonus point there. Step forward. Nostradamus for the week. Mr Matthew Moore. Predicting a Cardiff City 1. Middlesbrough 3. Scoreline. Well played to you sir. Robinson to score the goal for Cardiff. No extra points there. A brace from Akpom. Sadly, no points there. And a goal from Force. Bonus point there. We'll all be pleased to hear that um, Chubratpon managed to hit the post when it apparently was much easier for him to score. So we'll all be really happy that we uh, didn't get bonus points there from the the division's leading marksman. But no points for me. Two points apiece for Stu and Andy. And taking home three points, Mr Moore. Our next game takes us to Stoke-on-Trent, where Stoke City were taking on Hull City. How this one goes to you, how long do you need to discuss this one? If I just tell you the most positive news about the result was the fact that 2,500-plus City fans went for the trip. (laughs) And they witnessed a nil-nil draw, so... You know, yeah, that's it. So, bagels, bagels, more, more bagels. That is, that is all we need to know. Bagels for, yeah. bagels for breakfast, bagels for lunch, donuts for your snack, bagels for your tea. Paul will be happy to know that apparently um, Aaron Connolly missed two good chances, um, which is part of course if you'll if you listen to to Paul. Uh, Our boy Aaron. Hull had more shots on target, less of the possession. I mean, a draw sounded like a, a, a fair result. Um, Esther Pinion had a, a, a shot well saved. 
too far and had a couple of goes at the end of the first half, still couldn't crack it. So, in in terms of a performance, I don't think from what I've heard and read it was terrible, but the maybe just left a little bit to be desired in the in the final third. So, I think there was definitely chances to win it, but still, a point away from home. Against the team that have as well struggled in there, which is usually as as we've discussed before, usually the ones that turn us over. Um, it, it's not the worst result ever. So I'll a, a point on the road. I will always take. So yeah, nil nil. Unfortunately, definitely agree with you. There. You can't really argue with a point on the road. Uh, Stu was the least optimistic of the group and went for a one nil Stoke win. Dwight Gale to score the goal, so zero points there. Matt had gone for a 2-1 away win. Longman and, and hmm, Connolly to score for Hull, with Dwight Gale to get the goal to Stoke, so no points there. Myself and Andy both gone for a 1-1 draw. Points there for myself and Mr Cook. Obviously no goal scorer there for our goal scoring predictions. We're null and void. So, after three games, I have uh, Stewart's, uh, Stewart's the air is at the back with two points. Myself and Mr. Cook have three points. Mr. Moore in the lead on four points. Our fourth game of the week takes us to East Anglia, where Norwich City took on Hull City. Obviously, he's just given us the lowdown of a nil-nil. Second away game in the space of a week. Did the Hull City fans have more joy in Norfolk? Uh, Determine more joy. They had to travel to East Anglia from Hull on a Tuesday night. Yeah, not not the best. Although you could argue it's basically just... Could they not just sail across the gap? It probably would have been a little quicker. Uh, Paul's clearly forgetting the fact that Lincolnshire does stick out quite a way. Um, welcome to Geography Podcast, everybody. In terms of more joy, for about seven or eight minutes, maybe, um, as Hull City went 1-0 up, thanks to Jacob Greaves, after five minutes. And then it kind of went to shit, is the, is the, is the technical term. <laughs> On 18 minutes, Norwich drew level through Dowell, and it was 1-1 at half-time. Thinking, great, this, is, this isn't the worst it could have gone. And then Norwich switched it on in the second half. So, Sarah scored on the 58th minute, and then right at the death on 89 minutes, Josh Sargent made it 3-1 to Norwich. I mean... Norwich had been pummeled recently by Burnley, and like I think I called that as well that we would probably lose against these guys because they needed that sort of bounce back. Uh, they'd gone eight matches without a home win, so uh, welcome along, Tigers. Here we go. <laughs> but yeah, it. I expected it to be. I, I'm, th- to me, this is probably one of them games on paper, regardless, that they wouldn't necessarily have had down for nailed on points. Had it stayed one all, that would have been the proverbial bonus point, I think. But um, 
it's still in in the last. I think it's in the last thirteen or fourteen games since certainly since Rosinia <laughs> took over. I think that's only the third time that they've lost. So it's it's not the end of the world at this point. The table's still looking much better than it did before he took over. So he, you're never going to win every game for the rest of the season. So it's just just got to write this one off. The difficult part, I think, will be. Well, not difficult, but the, the more interesting part is how they respond in the next game because, without meaning too much disrespect, the opposition probably aren't of the same quality. So we'll, I'll be more interested to see what happens this coming weekend back at home against what I personally will consider a lesser side in Preston. Um, it does marry up quite well for the coming weekend on the sense of both teams head into the weekend level on points. So there's there's that to uh, to play out as well, but yeah, unfortunately, succumb to a three-one defeat away at Norwich. Sad times, obviously. Like you say, positive to take from it is the fact that they're top of the bottom half, if you will, and they're s- s- several points clear of the relegation zone, which is all that kind of matters at this point in the season. From a predictions perspective. Andy was the most optimistic, noticing a pattern here, had gone for a 2-0 Hull City win. Estepinian and Longman with the goals, Mr Cook. Sadly, no points. Myself, Stu and Matt had all gone for varying degrees of Norwich win. I had 1-0 Pukki, just a point for the result, not the goal scorers. Stu had 2-0. With Pookie and Sargent to score, so it gets us on two points there for the result and one of the scorers. Matt had two one with Pookie and Sargent for one of the goals, and Esther Pinyan for Hull. So again, gets us on two points there. So going into our last game of the week, we have Andy on three points, myself and Stu on four points. Matt taking a lead with six points going into the last game. So, our last game of the week was a second away uh, a second away game of the week for uh, for my team as well. Middlesbrough travelling to Sheffield United. Huh, didn't realise, didn't even pick up on that at the time. All of our games played away from home this weekend, or this week in general. How very strange. Um... This one could not have started any worse for Middlesbrough after uh, five minutes. They went behind to an Ollie McBurney goal that would straight off the training ground. A long throw-in launched into the box where McBurney planted his big stupid forehead on it and uh, it went straight in past the goalkeeper. Not the best start. Um, How many people did he assault on the way through? Oh, he, he, he definitely tried to sort of throw at least one or, one or two of the defenders out of the way and, Later on in the game, he he also did uh, did just sort of leave leave one on one of uh, one of the Borough players, Hayden Hackney, when uh, you know there was no one else around him, and uh, you know no one else could possibly have told him not to do it. But you know, ball bags are as ball bags will be. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a one 0 lead. Uh, Middlesbrough managed to get themselves back into the game um, about 10, 10, ten or so minutes later. With a, a lovely work team goal, nice passing move. Uh, Marcus Force 
go down the right side, played the ball into the path of Drew Brackpom, who got it out of his feet, took John Egan out of the game, slotted it straight past uh, Wes Fodringham in the Sheffield United goal. And from there on, Borough just sort of went up another gear and just kind of uh, put Sheffield United to the sword. Uh, three minutes after the restart, uh, Cameron Archer found himself on the end of a, of a through ball and absolutely lashed the ball past uh, Fodringham to put Borough 2-1 up. Uh, and then they got slightly fortunate with a passage of play in the middle of the park. Um, I can't remember who the Borough player was that tried to uh, make a tackle on the Sheffield United player as he broke away. Um, definite foul. Ref gave the advantage, played the advantage on. And the Sheffield United player lost the ball. Um, probably should have been brought back for the free kick for Sheffield United, but the, uh, the ref decided to play the advantage. Hayden Hatley played uh, Cameron Archer through uh, and he clipped the ball over and round uh, Fodringham for 3-1 uh, for Borough and that's where the uh, that's where the game ended. Uh, not before uh, Paul Hackingbottom was sent to the stands for his uh, price station at the, uh, the third the third Middlesbrough goal to which all and sundry were absolutely pleased that they didn't have to see that little gargoyle parading around on the touchline any longer. I was going to say how big was the shit fit from that little prick about, about the uh, about that not going. Because, of course, textbook. he takes things really well. Oh, yeah. Textbook response from as well, obviously, as the ref comes over and gives him the red card and decides to give it the old directly in the ref's face. So let's hope he gets another uh, couple of game uh, touchline ban added on for that little petulant episode. You little prick. So, predictions-wise... Uh, myself and Stuart Matt both had all gone for Sheffield United wins on this. We were all super negative. Uh, Stuart Matt had both gone for 1-0 to Sheffield United. Matt had gone for Sander Berg to score. Stu had gone for Ollie McBurney to score the goal. So gets himself a, a little bonus point there. I had gone 2-1 Sheffield United. I had uh, Billy Sharp to score. He was injured in the lead-up to the game, so wasn't able to play. I didn't was, he still out, was he still out celebrating after the Wrexham game and rubbing I it in? No was, uh, I think he, he, he may have... He, he may hydrated have from all the tears he was crying. That might, <laughs> that might have been it. He was, he, was injured, yeah, he was injured crying too much at how um, disrespectful uh, Wrexham had been in their, uh, in their semi... In their, sorry, not semi-final. FA Cup tie against them the, the week before. Um, so yeah, I had uh, Billy Sharp and Ollie McBurney score for Sheffield United. Cameron Archer to score for the Borough. So I get myself a little bonus point there. So two points for me. Mr Cook though, ever the optimist and it's paid off for him again. Had a 1-0 Middlesbrough win in the books with Archer to score the goal. Secures himself a little bonus point there. So, all that means for the overall week scores. Stu and Andy tied on five points from five games. Gives us a pat on the back lads point a game with a little average there myself and Mr Moore six points from the five games so it's a while since we've had a tie on the uh, on the podcast from a predictions perspective so well well done Mr Moore you uh, you both did a little bit better than Mr Cook and Mr Woodman see we'll we'll just we'll we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a Billy Sharp and we'll, we'll congratulate ourselves and you know 
take, take solace from the fact that Mr. Cook and Mr. Woman see disrespected us a little bit going into this. Yeah, they've been thinking about you know how they've uh, how they were going to win all week and. Uh... <laughs> Exactly, and that just didn't sit right with uh, with me or Mister Moore. So you know, it's, it's definitely uh, for the best of the podcast that the correct result was 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 had all around. So that's week twenty six done and dusted. We just have the three games. It's a short week this week. Just three games this coming weekend. Uh, but before we do those predictions, we are going to take a small break to recompose ourselves, maybe rehydrate, so we're not making any rash decisions. You guys don't need to worry about that, though. You don't need to touch that down. We'll be right back in one moment. Recording in progress. Just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So, like we said before, we took a little break. The week 27 predictions, just three games to go through here. And we start, as we always do, when it's on at least, in the Premier Division, where Nottingham Forest will take on Manchester City with God knows how many fit centre-halves available to them. Uh, it is Mr Moore's team, so he will uh, get to give us the massacre. I mean, his prediction last. Um, I'll dive in here. I didn't realise that was the situation with the centre-halves. Um, but I have gone for a 3-1 Manchester City win on this one. Sadly, um, obviously, given Man- Manchester City, obviously, by the time this, this goes out, this will no longer be news. But Manchester City this, uh, this week have just gone back to the top of the Premier League, having just uh, defeated Arsenal by three goals to one. Um, so I believe they will repeat that scoreline at the City ground this weekend. I've gone for Gibbs-White to score for Forest, uh, and I think they'll rest... Erling Haaland, so I've gone for Alvarez to get two up top and Mares to get the third. Stu, what have you got down for this one? I have also, unfortunately for Matt, got a 1-3 scoreline. Interesting. I've got Johnson for Forrest. Uh, well, I don't... That was not the uh, only time we will hear that name. I am absolutely certain. You're in the of the box. I don't think they'll rest Haaland because, you know, he's got to get to Alan Shearer's goal target by the next week. So, I think it'll be two for Haaland and I've got one for Gundogan. Haaland, two. Gundogan. As I did before, when Man City played uh, uh, Forest, I've even put a little umlaut over his O in his name. So, there's... Absolutely no confusion. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? Uh, in a lot of ways, similar to Stu, just without that many goals. Um, I like to be as optimistic as possible, but even I couldn't make it across the line this week. So, one all draw. Johnson and Haaland. Love it. Go on then, Mr. Moore, what do you reckon? Still four. <laughs> he's in the room and he's not even giving his boys a go. They've just beaten Arsenal 3 1. I think uh, I think I'm being positively optimistic that it's just going to be 4 0, to be honest. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can see why. Goal scorers? I've gone Haaland 2. Got boots he needs to fill them. Yeah. And then De, Bru- De Bruyne and Grealish. For anyone who may or may not have seen that goal this evening, De, De Bruyne's goal for the opener was spot on. He, he, he literally had milliseconds to sort of like get to the ball and like managed to get it just past the post. I saw it and I thought, oh, I shanked it. And then it just gently curled all the way in, just sneaking past the post. And I was like, oh, nice. What are, uh, what are people on the podcast's feelings towards Arsenal? Little different, t- really, for me. It, the team I can deal with, it's the fans that I can't stand. I think the value, though, because like, where would we all have been during lockdown without Arsenal TV to laugh at? Yeah, that's the problem. Though. Once they once they win, then good God, they're the smuggest bunch of words you can't use regularly. The, um, that, whilst, I, whilst I agree, there is um, I do I do like a couple of the guys on Arsenal fan TV, but there's one guy that pisses me off beyond belief, and I believe it's Ty, and he's the guy who turns up in the woolly hat and the. That he's always got his headphones on and he's always basically decked out in Arsenal like tracksuit and everything. <laughs> um, he did uh, he did a thing where he went on like a Sky Sports panel show um, and this Tottenham fan was talking about the fact that he felt that Tottenham were a better team obviously because they'd finished above Arsenal for the last four or five seasons or something like that. And this, and this Thai fella, that's his name, I'm not sort of like having a go at his... Like you know, country of origin. His name is Ty. Um, uh, he was basically all he kept saying was, "When did you last win a trophy? When did you last win a trophy? When did you last win a trophy?" I was like, "Shut the fuck up! Let the guy speak!" Christ Almighty! Anyway, enough about Arsenal. As we drop back down to the Championship, where Hull City will take on Preston North End, as Mister City alluded to earlier. Hey. Before you get going, I have information. I have team news information. So, returning from suspension this week was Benjamin Tete, and he did play all ninety minutes without managing to headbutt or attempt to headbutt anybody. So, if you so require, he will be back in the team. However, um, much to Paul's delight. Connolly may not be, as he seemed to pick up a knock against Stoke and played no part even in the squad against Norwich. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Tete managed to get through a game without chinning somebody, so he's got one in the chamber. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think he'll find it that exciting, but yes, uh, potentially. Interesting. Mr. It's Mr. Woodman's team, obviously, he will go last. Uh, I'm going to come to Andy for his prediction on this one. With this news that Stuart has revealed, it hasn't actually changed my prediction. Uh, it's a 1-0 Hull win with an Estupinan goal, please. Uh, Matt? I've gone for, ready for it, a 3-0 Hull win. 
I thought, I, I, thought I was the optimistic one. <laughs> Got to balance it out. Uh, but I'm spreading, I'm spreading the gold love around. Uh, Estepinian, Longman, and Greaves. He's going for the centre back to get goals in back to back games. I like it. I like it a lot. So we had a slightly optimistic one nil. A very optimistic 3-0. Can anyone guess what I have already written in the book? 2-0. Correct answer. 2-0 Hull. Tete and Slater to get the goals. So, let's go to the horse's mouth himself and find out what he has got for his boys. Oddly for me, I have also got 2-0 Hull. Don't predict him to win very often. No, that but, is true. Uh, I, I think I think Preston are potentially on the verge of a managerial switch here. Mm. I don't think well, things are going to plan. So not not before the weekend, hopefully. Uh, but I have also got uh, Estepinian, and I've gone for Tete, seen as he. Well, Paul thinks he's got one in the chamber and is likely to clearly kill somebody on the field. Um, I think he may wish to atone for his previous indiscretions by sticking one in the net, hopefully. Let's hope that is the case. Our final game of the week sees Middlesbrough take on what I believe was Hull's sloppy seconds from a couple of weeks ago. Yep. In Queen's Park Rangers at the River Dance. Obviously, it's my team, therefore I will go last. Uh, Matt, what have you got down for this one? I've gone for a Borough 2-0 win. Excellent. Goal scorers, please. Akpom and Archer. Uh, Andy, what have you got for this one? Take Matt's prediction, take out Akpom and put fours in. And uh, save yourself a little bit of effort. So 2 0, Archer falls. Bingo bango, baby. Mr. Woodman T? Paul speaking of teams in uh, potential managerial disarray. QPR might be on that list as well of, of late. Things haven't exactly gone their way either. After Borough have won the last, what, two games, 3 1, I have got them pegged to do. One better and do 4-1 against QPR. Goal scorers? Uh, clearly two for Akpom. Clearly. One for Ar- and one for Archer. Um, and I-, I hope you're all sitting down for this. Oh, he's jinxing him. I knew it. You're damn right. So I'll go for a, I'll go for a Marcus Marcus Force. I'm not even saying it's an on goal. It has to count for Middlesbrough. So Marcus Force to score for Borough. And your goal scorer for QPR? Chair. Well, I did say he was he was uh, were people on the edge of there. So. Uh, so just down to me, and I have gone for a three nil home win. Obviously, that was the same result in week 24. Yep. 
Hull City 3, Queen's Bar Rangers 0. So I'll go for a repeat score for the Borough. I've gone for one each for Akpom, Archer and Fours. So, just on a just on a side note from a Borough perspective, um, Akpom's goal tonight took him to 17 for the season. If he manages to bag three more, he will be the first Middlesbrough player to get 20 league goals in a season since Bernie Slaven did it in 1990. <laughs> I thought you were going to say since Kelly was in black and white last time. I believe they are the English league club with the longest drought of a 20-goal-a-season league striker. I mean, oh my Slaven, God, please get three more goals this season. <laughs> Bernie Slaven, who's probably now more famous for chatting shite on, like, Northeast Radio with uh, yep. Malcolm McDonald and... Uh, Eric Gates. I don't quite remember who the Sunderland guy is. Eric Gates was the guy. He's, uh, he's more famous for that. And the fact that he once, uh, he once uh, made a bet that if Middlesbrough beat Manchester United, he would bare his arse in a local department store window called Bins. Middlesbrough went on to win the game 2-3, and uh, he did just that. He put he wore his kill uh, as a Scot as a Scotsman that represented Ireland, strangely. Um, and he uh, actually wrote 2-3 on his bare ass cheeks. <laughs> I mean, regardless of the action itself, being able to write that succinctly on each cheek is top top skills well done fair play to the guy so fingers crossed and best of luck to Mr Akpom for the remainder of the season hopefully he can get those three goals and several more to uh, propel Middlesbrough up the table and hopefully fingers crossed towards the Premier League that ladies and gentlemen is your lot for us from this week um I'd just like to thank once again, as always, these three... Oh! I, I, I take it back, Mr Moore has some other business. I just thought, I, I, just to kind of put you in a little kind of brighter light, did you know that Michael Carrick is, is what is it, the best Borough manager start in 50s, he's got the most points in 15 games, better than Jack Charlton, Brian Robson, all that kind of thing, so yeah, that was a little kind of thing on that. And then just to bring you back down to it, of course, of course, the turd that will never flush, Colin, is back in management at Huddersfield, just as a little kind of... Oh, how could we forget? Has yeah, anybody got Huddersfield back. coming up? Uh, a borough will certainly have to play them at some point this season, because they've, only played, they've already only played them once. Um, I, will, I will check the fixtures list, and I believe it is on the horizon. Let me have a look. Um, I can't remember whether it's away from home or not, to be honest with you. I believe it might well be. Let's have a look. Fixtures. Huddersfield Town, John Smith Stadium, Saturday, 1st of April. I oh, 1st of April. 1st of April. I smell an away day with some potential for Fool's Day jinx, shall we say. Hull must still have to play him, surely. Uh, no, we don't. Uh, we've, we've, we're, we're all out of uh, Magic Rock Beer for the season. You're terrying out. Got it. <coughs> but yes, 
Mr. Warnock made a return to the dugout um, at the age of 70. Um, and uh, one, one tweet that did uh, do the rounds was the fact that in 1995, Neil Warnock was the manager of Huddersfield Town. Gianluigi Buffon was playing in goal for Palmer in 2023. Neil Warnock is the manager for Huddersfield Town and Gianluigi Buffon is playing in goal for Palmer. As much as things change, as much as things stay the same, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have any more to add to that, Mr. Moore, or uh, Mr. No, Moore, no, it's just those two little kind of ditties that I'd seen. Um, like I thought that I'd, I'd brighten your day and then just sully it a little bit, you know. Just, <laughs> there's a nice bit of something. There's a little bit of shit on it. The idea. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. Yes. So, thank you to these three gentlemen for joining me to take you through the world of uh, Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest, and the whole city based hijinks. Join us again next week where we'll do it all over again and give you the lowdown. But until that time, thanks very much and we'll see you later. Bye-bye, everybody. So there you go, what do you think that? All the games gone, all the games to come. Looking forward to finding out who's going to win the week. If you think you can go up against us, why don't you jump over to the website, click that email button and send us your predictions. Also, please do like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews where you can drop reviews and share the podcast around. So that's it. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode of Cookie Cast, please like, share and subscribe.